No, man. We got the right classroom. Come on in, take a seat beside me, my friend. Hey, look, here come T.A. Charlie. Let's see what he got to say. Sorry, guys. It's Friday. Oh, yeah. We, we, you, you got a little bit of the pre-show. We, we, we don't, we don't have the AI with us today, folks. And, and one of your classmates will appreciate this. I don't know if, how many of y'all know the, the language for nuclear reactors. But we told the AI that one of you in the class was flirting with her the other day, and she scrammed. And I don't mean scrammed as in beat feet. I mean as scrammed as in shut down in the in, in the case of a nuclear reactor, man. She just said, ah! and Charlie tried to reboot her, and, and she, yeah, we got the blue screen of death. Yep. So we're going to have to totally recompile her. And, yeah, it, it's a mess. So maybe by Monday we'll have yeah. to put back together. So anyway, uh, thank goodness it's. Friday, and you're watching The Road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic. Homeroom is on Rumble. You just go to Rumble and you search the channels for The Road to Concord. It's one word. When you find it, you go ahead and you click follow. It might mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast, it's easy, it's free. I did it. You can do it. For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and TwitX. Yeah, I thought about YouTube but today, but we didn't because we're not sure we might get censured. Uh, then you can catch a podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, uh, and sometimes a bit shoot when we are shooting to YouTube. That's how that works, by the way. Uh, just look for The Road to Concord. You can go to the blog page. That's roadtoconcord.com. That's where you find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. Finally, you can email a professor at joe at roadtoconcord.com. Um, I think he's actually caught up at the moment. And I'm well, actually I got to still up. wrestle with, oh, oh, with, with one? the one comment oh, on there oh, that we answered on still? live. All I right. don't know if I want to eat. She well, needs to be in classroom when we answer these questions. Well, all right. Well, well, she it, was you know, an email, but I did better than an email. I actually spoke. Well, you know, but anyway, he, he, he'll eventually get to you. Uh, phones are on today, but only for registered numbers. If you wish Wish, which, which, which wish, wish to call in and are a regular classmate. You may request phone access through an email and I'll think about it. If you find our classes helpful, please click the thumbs up, like, and subscribe and share it with those you think could benefit from it. Just warn them. Yeah, we, we say this every day, but Joe is an acquired taste. We were even talking about that before the show today, how he's weird um <laughs> and abrasive and all well, a lot of things uh this show is listener sponsored meaning we do not solicit business advertising nor would it do any good uh, zero so grit sandpaper is that what you're saying yeah yeah yeah, oh, okay. yeah uh so we're not limited in the content we provide for y'all with that said we do ask for your participation on a value for value basis if you find our show of value to you then you provide an equivalent portion of oh, your criminy treasure i just figured out why we have a hard time paying the bills why is that if we provide value to them they provide an equal value well, back. It's, yeah it's, so we're maybe, worthless yeah it, that could be why we're having troubles oh, with that oh. but anyway there's this donut link on the uh uh, Road to Concord blog page. Also and, known uh, as a donate link. We, we put it in the uh, show description on Rumble and in the comments on the other streams. And we do thank those that, for whatever reason, do think we provide some kind of value. Oh, we, and, we love those people. In return, do provide support because you are helping pay the bills here. Because We'd be show, gone right now if it weren't for that. This show we does would. not go on yeah. for free. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, we, we live be in gone. this world and, you know, we got 
utility bills and things like that and uh we don't get paid for this so you're not you're not filling our coffers you're yeah, filling yeah. you know we're keeping the show offers yeah. you know power companies and internet companies and streaming companies you're paying the beasts so that we like can that. live yeah, in the belly of the beast you're paying the beasts so that we can do this yeah so we can live in the belly of the beast hey we all know ta charlie isn't all there now just yeah, especially on friday give it a chance <laughs> you soon realize we not might be the smartest but hold on charlie you gotta explain something to him based on reason and logic we're free thinkers Let's see what the road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic has on the lesson plan for today. So just so that you guys got an idea, Charlie comes in and he's wanting to know what we got for the lesson plan today. Uh, that. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. And it's grown since I took that picture, hasn't yeah, it? Yes, yes, it, it's grown significantly. So there's your lesson plan for today. Picture. <laughs> hey, I'm organized. He is, and I'll tell you a story. When back in the day, when I first came on to starting to be a producer, um, I actually had to do a show because I don't know, I don't even remember what it was. For some reason, Joe couldn't come in to do a show, so he asked if I would do one on my own, and I'd never run the studio before, so he left me a stack of sticky notes. And that told me how to set things up and make the thing go and everything. It worked flawlessly. I mean, it was great. I just pretended you were one of my Marines yeah. and I put the notes in Yeah, he in Marine there. proofed it. Yep. So, yeah, it, wor- it so worked really So if a good. crayon eater could have done it, so, uh, yeah. especially an Air Force. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you can do it for a crayon eater. High-level staff NCO should have been able to do it. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, let, let's get going for today. Subject for today, has the Western world been restructured to assure its failure? Not insure it, but assure it. Make sure it's going to happen. Um, I'll let you decide for that, 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 the answer on that question by the end of the class. We need to start somewhere else first. That's not where I want to start. This is going to be one of those, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Meds are working, but that doesn't help with the sinuses. Um, we need to start one of those philosophical conversations today. So, yeah, I've got philosophers, sociologists, nat- natural law, theorists, et cetera, et cetera. i got all my hats on today. Let's talk about society first. Let's talk about, let's talk about when Hillary Clinton was correct. What? What? Bang my head again. What did you what did Joseph say? The time that Hillary Clinton was absolutely correct when she said it takes a village. Now she's talking about raising children, but that, that's true too. It takes a village. She was right. The problem is I don't want the village tyrant or the village fool running the village. And unfortunately, they're often the same person or people. So yeah, it does take a village. And that's the whole point of today's class is about the village. Community, society. So what does society society require? What's it take to make a society? People. Well, yeah. Come on, man. Keep going. This is one of the things I want you to start. If you stop to think for yourself one day, this is how I do it. It may not work for you, but just let me show you how I do this. What does a society require other than the people? And before you start thinking, you know, infrastructure and all of that, no, no. 
What's the simplest society? Aborigines, right? They, they live off the land in the land. They live with the land. They might, might have a, 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 you know, a spear or a bow or something, but what do they require? They require some sort of cohesion. That's the basic building block. Yes. Mr. Zinker says virtues. Yes. Yes. It, that's a bigger umbrella. I'm going to break it down here today, Jimmy, but you, you need some sort of cohesion, some sort of unity of purpose or thinking ideal. Like you're going to need a common language, things like this. So we're going to have to have that unity or that commonality between us. Um, in the United States, we once used to call ourselves a melting pot. People came here. They wanted to become Americans. They were proud of becoming Americans. They wanted to assimilate into our culture. They don't do that anymore. Why? Do you think that's an accident or do you think that was engineered that way? That's one of the questions for you to answer. Because if you think it was engineered that way, then you've already answered the question to the show today, the title of the show. Now what you're looking for is specifics. But if we go from the melting pot to diversity, right there in that statement is the social entropy I've been talking about. Have you ever seen one of the shows we've done on social entropy, the theory of social entropy? It uses the second law of thermodynamics. All things tend to decay. You go from order to disorder. Well, when you have the melting pot, you have a strong central idea, a strong cohesion. When you have diversity, you have weak convert, uh, cohesion, weak ideas. You have a, a multiplicity of ideas. So that's decay within a society. And what are we told today by certain political ideologies? Diversity is strength. Do you know what that is? That is literally a George Orwell 1984, war is peace, peace is war. And a lie. Yes, it's a lie. It's Arbeit mach frei. Yeah. It, it, work makes you free. That was on the door to Auschwitz, folks. So when they tell you diversity is strength, no. It isn't, it isn't unless you bind it. That's what a fascine is. Many little rods, those are diverse. A fascine is not strong until you wrap the leather strap around it. Now it becomes one stick. The leather strap, the, the, the glue that holds society together. Has that been intentionally undone within the Western world, especially the United States of America? So that's that glue I was just talking about. You got to have that glue, that leather strap, something that holds the fascine together. Um, what binds us today in this country? I want you to ask yourself, okay, so society needs a glue to hold it together. What is that glue today? What is the common glue that all Americans can agree to? We don't all agree that we're good, that we're a good country. We don't agree in our patriotism. We got people who will kneel during the national anthem. In my eyes, that's. We're a rudderless society. Yeah, but in my eyes, that's, that's, I'm trying to, that's desecrating the graves of the men and women who died to give them the right to do that. So we don't have the same religion anymore. We are now no longer a Christian society, as in predominantly Christian in our belief system. The, the number one belief system now is no affiliation. And I don't mean as in independent believers, I mean as in no, we're going the way of Europe. So if we look at what happened to Europe and we look at it, is it happening here? Yes. Europe was ahead of us. 
So that's like the canary in the coal mine. We can look at them and see what happened and how it happened and realize it's going to happen to us. So where is the glue that binds our society? We don't have a common language anymore, do we? No. Do we have a common idea of the, of the Constitution? No, the progressives think the Constitution means whatever you want it to mean at any given time. Conservatives think it means what they say the Founding Fathers said it meant. They've rewritten it themselves, and they think they haven't. Originalists, most of them don't. It's like reading the Bible. I got all sorts of denominations. I have very few of them that have ever actually read the Bible for on its own terms. Well, I got a lot of these constitutionalists that have never read the Constitution or the Federalist Papers or the Anti-Federalist Papers or the notes on the convention or the notes on the Bill of Rights, you know, debates or, or Joseph Story's exposition on what the Constitution means, you know, Supreme Court judge. So what is the glue? What is the glue? What was the glue that founded this country? Does anybody remember what the glue was? John Adams, there's your hint. John Adams told us what the glue was. What was the glue that bound our society that allowed our founding fathers to create this nation? Who remembers? Hmm? Anybody? It was the basic precepts of Christianity, remember? He said that. He told us that was the basic building block of this nation was the common principles of Christianity that bound all denominations together. Yes? Uh, they're not liking this today. Why? Uh, our internet's messing up already. <laughs> <laughs> and we just started. Are you guys able to hear us and see us out there? Yes, Mr. Spikes has the answer. Christianity. It was the common precepts of Christianity. Are we screwed up on Rumble? I, know I think we're a, okay right now. It's just it's right. your, we're your, over the target. Yeah. Um, I see you didn't throw us to YouTube. Probably a good thing today. No, I decided not to. So Jimmy Zinker had the idea already. The the core building block of of a society is its is is its virtue, its morality. At the heart of it, that is the glue. Thanks, everybody's reporting in good. We're, we're good at the moment, uh, Charlie. Um, it's our morality. A society's morality um, is, is the, the basic core glue that holds it together. So that in your it, morality may or may not um, incorporate patriotism, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so if we've got a war on our central fundamental building block of society, and that's, that's what John Adams was talking about, is the fundamental building blocks of our society were Christian in nature, Judeo-Christian, the Bible, the Ten Commandments, essentially. That forms the bulk of your, of, of your virtue, of your moral um, compass. And tolerance, toleration is not a virtue. It, we're yeah, there we go. Virtue is not is is not tolerated anymore, but we're told today that tolerance is a virtue. It it, it is, isn't it isn't not if you're tolerating something that is degra uh, degrading society. If it's detrimental to your society or your community, toleration is a is an evil, is a wickedness. But what do we have today? We have an attack on virtue. We do. The, there's an attack on virtue, morality within this country. You have um, an attack on our natural uh, national patriotism. 
patriotism is thought to be a bad thing now, or said to be. You have a war on poverty. You have a war on misinformation. You have a war on racism. You have all these wars. Remember the class where I've told you you have the moral equivalency of war? Well, why do they want all these wars? Well, it's used as a crisis. If you have a crisis, they can ask you to sacrifice. And if you're sacrificing, a lot of that will also include your freedoms and your liberties, and you give them control willingly. Willingly. It's like when you're attacked by the devil. He can't make you do anything you don't want to do. He can't. He'll offer and tempt, and the first time you say yes, now you've let him in the door. You invited him in. So that's what they are wanting for us. They give us this moral equivalent of war so that we're always giving something up. And a lot of times what they're telling us that we have to get, sacrifice for is fake. It's a lie. It's a direct attack on our society, on our culture, on our common ideals. Well, there's a crisis on the border. We got to let them in. Why? Because it sucks where they live. Tell them to change it. Don't come here. Well, that means you're uncaring. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Well, yes, it does. You've changed the definition of caring now. That's not Christian, Joe. Yes, it is. It's called tough love. Help them change it. But don't tell them to come here, especially if they're not going to assimilate. All sorts of these type of things. Say, well, we got to let her have abortion because, you know, the child's just not going to have a good life. Says who? Says you? Says mom does. The mom said, well, then she should have kept her legs closed. Joe, did you? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Because that's a morality. Well, no, we're supposed to be able to sleep with whoever we want. Joe, that's our private business. No, it's not. No, it's not. I know everything I'm saying today is a little rough around the edges for some people because it goes against everything you've been taught your whole life. You've been taught lies. You cannot keep a society together with the ideals and principles and the virtues that we now have in our society because they're not virtue. You notice how they change from moment to moment, day to day, event to event? That meant that they were never principles to begin with. Principles don't move. Your moral principles are your compass. North is always north, no matter which way you turn. So what we have here is, again, out of George Orwell's 1984, they're always at war with somebody. Today we're at war with this country. Next day we're at war with the, our former ally, and then we'll be back at war with the first country again. It's not, you're not after to win. You just want the crisis. Remember the rules for radicals? Alinsky even says that. Don't solve the problem. It's not the problem. The solution to the problem is what you're after. It provides you the impetus. Just go. It doesn't matter what direction you're in. Just forward. That's Alinsky, forward in 360 degrees. It doesn't matter what way you go, just as long as you go. And just as long as you let them herd you. Which is why they don't want you to think for yourself. This is all deliberate. It is an attack on our society. It's an undermining of our culture on purpose. And we've covered all of this many, many, many times on different classes. And this is why I say the class builds on itself. You have to be in your seat. If you weren't here when we did velocity vectors, you won't know how to calculate these things. If you weren't here when we were doing uh, social entropy, you won't understand what that means. If you weren't here when we covered Alinsky's rules for radicals, you won't understand that. 
you won't understand that all he did was codify Machiavelli's um, the, the prince. And then you won't understand that all Machiavelli did was codify Satan. It's chaos. It, it, chaos is an enemy of society. Society is about order. The order of what? 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 See, this is how I think. Okay, society is what? Society is about, what's it about? It's about order. Order of what? Order, order of human beings. Okay. Order of human beings, how? How we how we interact, how we relate to each other. Okay, so society is about governing the way we treat each other and how we act. Well, you've got many, many different societies and subsets of society. You've got the nation, you've got the state, you've got your county and then or region and then a county. And sometimes regions, then states, because, you know, the southeast or whatever. And then within your county, you have different townships. Within your townships, you have different schools and different social community. I mean, it's a substrata ad infinitum, but eventually it gets down to you and your family and your household. That's the, the smallest society known to man is a man and his wife. And that's where the core of the attack actually comes in. Starts with religion. And if you paid attention in history, if you haven't been with us when we talked about communism and secular humanism, you won't get this. Or, or you may not understand it as well as you otherwise could. You've got to be in class, boys and girls. This stuff was not taught in the last 20, 30 years unless you're in a very, very, very good school. And I, I, I didn't have most of this taught to me. I had to learn it on my own. But religion, they attack religion. But notice that they don't attack all religion. You're free to be a Buddhist in this country, aren't you? Yeah, they don't go after Buddhists. Nobody's being sued for not making, no Buddhist is being sued for not making a cake for a homosexual. They don't go after sheiks, although they sometimes confuse them with Muslims. Don't do that. You confuse a, a sheik for a Muslim and, and you accuse him of, you're liable to, you're, you're going to, if he's a hothead, you're in trouble because they can fight and they will. Good luck. But you can be a Muslim. Now, some Americans will turn against you, but the government and the social structure will protect the Muslim and attack you. You can sort of kind of be a Jew. Can't be a Christian. Not in this country. So they attack certain religions, but not others. Which ones are they most willing to attack? The one that internalizes the teaching of that religion, puts it in your own heart so that you become a self-governing individual. They don't have a problem with religions that are externally governed because they can control the external governing. Then grab hold of that. If your religion is written on cold tablets of stone, they can control that. But if it's written on your living, beating heart, well, they can't control that because they can't get inside your heart. Holy Spirit can, but another human being can't. So they go after what religion? Primarily Christianity. They don't even need to go after the Jew because the Jew hasn't taken that Torah and put it in their heart. It's still on the cold, dead stones of, of Moses. So... When you have a good, this works the same way with human laws. I don't need law to govern good people. If, if the law, if the natural law is in my heart, I don't need you to tell me what I should and shouldn't do. I already know. And I won't do it. I'll do what's right and I won't do what's wrong. And if I screw up, I'll confess. You don't have to come after me. I'll confess. I'll make amends. I'll make restitution. If you're a wicked person, 
do evil, if your heart's inclined toward that, then the law is there to punish you and to keep you in check, to control your lawlessness. Yes, the one that, the comment on the board from Ray says the one being attacked is the one that's true. Yes, that's exactly why it's being attacked. So they go after religion. Um, the building blocks of, of a, uh, of a religion, the, the orders of a community. I mean, not a religion, a community. Let, let's look at this. How is our community, how is our society established? First and foremost, the individual family, the, the marriage, the husband and wife, then the children, then the extended family, then the village in which they live. Now, we pile ourselves in cities. That's part, remember, I said, have we been restructured so that we're condemned to fail no matter what we do? In a colonial times, it was little villages, not a whole lot of big cities. People weren't piled, piled on top of themselves like they did in Europe. And Jefferson said, as soon as we start piling ourselves on top of each other like they do in Europe, we will fail for the same reason. There can be no community in a crowd. What? A crowd is not a community. It's a mob. It's a herd. You cannot have a sense of community in a city of seven and eight million people. You are never more alone than you are when you're in the middle of a crowd where you don't know anybody. You know, I was just thinking about that. You know, our, our congregation that we go to is very, very small. But we all know each other. But we all know each other and everything. And I've been in, you know, bigger congregations and some of these mega churches and stuff. You know, you're you're just a you're just a donation. Yeah, yeah, just a, a spectator, if you will. You know, it's like going to a, a you know a show or something. You know, you're just a. But Charlie, as soon spectator. as you get outside of the natural law, the natural, the way the Creator intended for this to work, it doesn't work anymore. But like in our congregation, if somebody needed help, we're there. Yeah, the whole congregation knows what's going on. Right. And those who are free and have the means, we're there. Johnny on the spot. That's community. That's family. Yes. It functions. So this is what, what, what's been attacked. And not just the village. From the village, then you have your district and your state, and then you have your nation. But you see this commercially as well. We've went from, you know, mom and pop stores and things yes. like that. Yes. To these corporate mega mega lists. That, yes. That you know, you're just a, you know, <laughs> you're just a peon to them. Now, again, know? my question in the, in the title of the show, was it structured that way on purpose? Was it restructured? The founding fathers did not like those megalith corporations. They didn't allow them. They didn't like huge cities. They gave land away to encourage people to spread out and fill the land, cultivate it, tame it. You see biblical principles in the way they handled their society back then? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And then you then you take it a step further from these big megalith corporations, and then you have public private partnerships with uh -huh. government. Uh -huh. And like you know, a few years ago we had the banking crisis. Oh, this bank is too big to fail, or the auto industry. This this company is too big to fail. Let them fail. The only well, they can't. The only reason that they can't fail is because they're actually part of the government now. Well, well yeah, that's which the means. 
the society has been restructured. Which means our politicians are no longer serving us. They're no. serving these megaliths. They're serving the beast. But we'll get to that. So the idea that, you know, in, in the Bible, when Cain slews Abel and God, Yahweh comes and says, you know, where's your brother? What am I? You're my, bro my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. Yes. But now we've been taught individual individual ruggedism, you know, ruggedness. We, 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 we're supposed to take care of ourselves. You can't. Not in this day and age. You're not going to be able to. Even in the wild, you won't live long if you don't have a tribe. So, yes, you are your brother's keeper. Cain was being flippant. You have personal responsibilities in a community, in a society. First to self, then to family, then to extended family, then to village, district. I mean, you got different hierarchical levels of, of responsibility. We don't want responsibility. We've been taught to reject it. Why? Well, you also have a responsibility to do what's right, whether anybody's watching you or not. That's why you don't blow through the red light at night. Just because there's nobody there. Well, at least stop. If the light won't change, then you have to go. I get that. I understand that. But so many, th you know, I'm, I'm speeding because nobody's there to catch me. Well, you know, I, I sympathize with you. I understand that speeding law is not supposed to be, not supposed to be there. Not that way. Not the way we use it. We've perverted the law. But you're supposed to do what's right. You're supposed to correct people that are doing wrong, sometimes publicly if you have to. In private, preferably, but if necessary. What did John the Baptist do when he saw, you know, Herod and his brother, Herod married to his brother's wife, stood right out there in front of everybody, pointed a finger at him and said, it is unlawful for you to have that woman as your wife. He told the emperor he had no clothes. Any of us going to do that anymore? You've shirked your responsibilities to society when you don't. You have a responsibility to oppose wrong. Our emperor has no brain. Our emperor is disabled. And we have a responsibility to care for those who cannot care for themselves. So we need to be having compassion for that man now. We can have anger toward the people who are abusing him by all means. Because they are. And they're abusing him for personal gain. But we all know that that man is not there anymore. In fact, if we're being responsible and we're paying attention, the man that we see on TV is not Joe Biden. We've already proved that beyond shadow of a doubt, forensically. Were you on here when we did that, that show? The man that most of us see on the TV as Biden, even pretending to be dementia, is not Joe Biden. I don't even know that Joe Biden's still alive. It's been a long time since we've seen the real Joe Biden. It's all in the ear print, folks. It's as good as a fingerprint. Yeah, I saw something the other day on one of the, one of the little shots of him, and it... it I could be wrong, but you could tell up in one of the temple areas that the the skin looked all like wrinkly and stuff. Yeah, a lot of people think he's wearing a mask. Because yeah, I'm, I'm, I was like, that could very well be a mask, and it just there's been a couple pictures of there. him yeah. from behind where you could see the mask. Yeah, yeah. So what's going on here, folks? I I don't know, but you, that's another one of your responsibilities to at least be paying attention. And not to believe lies from people who have proven themselves to be liars. You have responsibilities and duties. That includes concern for others.
do you know how concern for others manifests itself? It's more than just being aware of the people around you. When I, 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 I make the joke that I, my father invented the Gibbs slap. Well, probably been around forever and ever. Amen. But when I was a kid, he would literally, if I wasn't paying attention to things, he would literally pop me in the back of the head and tell me, pay attention. There's other people around you. And that is beat into my head now. I didn't like it when I was a kid, but I can't, I, I'm always looking around in a parking lot when I drive, when I'm in a store, I make sure I don't park myself in the middle of the aisle, blocking the whole aisle while I check my cell phone or while I read something on a shelf or a counter, because I know that there are other people around me. So I thank my father for that. It may not have been the best way to teach it to me, but I learned it. I mean, he never hurt me when he hit me in the back of the head, but he always got my attention. I mean, it was never more than what Gibbs used to do to Tony in the in the NCIS shows. Just popped in the back of the head. Just some little push. Remind me to, hey, pay attention. We don't do that anymore. We don't. We have no concern for other people. Like I was telling Charlie, I have seen people. What it used to be when you're driving, if you made a wrong turn, you needed to go left, but you didn't get in the right lane. You had to go through the intersection, turn yourself around and go the way you wanted to go. It was on you to fix your boo-boo. I have seen, I can't go a week without seeing somebody in the right-hand turn lane that wants to go left that'll hold up the entire intersection to turn left against the law, endangering people's lives in the process, and they don't care. Total disregard for the people around them. That's a breakdown in society, folks. That is, that's moral decay. Where does that come from? Seriously, you're you're in Walmart. You ever notice how some of the people dress in Walmart? Do you realize that in the 70s and before, up until about the 70s, that's where this starts, this de decay in dress code starts. But it used to be that family going to uh, to uh, to the grocery store, dad, mom, and two, three kids, they dressed up. If you saw some of their pictures today, you would think they're going to church compared to today, but no, they, they shirts tucked in belts or pants that didn't need belts. Cause in the seventies, they liked those, uh, elastic type pants with the pleated front that didn't need a belt. The belt was built in. You had elastic in the waistband. It was, it's just the style, but it, and it wasn't jeans and a t-shirt dressed. It was dressed. They were dressed to go to the grocery store. Women got up you know, we see this in, sh in, in, the, in the old time stuff now, old time magazines and stuff. You've got women in the house working. They've got their heels on. They've got their dr hair done. They've got a dress on. And like, oh, look, a Stepford wife. Yeah, he's, he just thinks this woman's. That was society. Now, why was she dressed? Because she didn't know who might come over. And it was insulting to present yourself in your bathrobe or your pajamas to another human being. And aprons were big then because you had to wear those to cover up your clothes so you didn't get, get your dirty. dress dirty or whatever. Now, this goes all the way back to scripture. Have you ever read the Old Testament and wondered why a couple of changes of clothes was a big deal? Your clothes, not only does it represent protective covering from the elements, but it is representative of the covering of Yahweh's tent over you. His Torah, his hand of protection, his his countenance over you. And this was another way. This is why women used to wear hair cover bonnets 
And then toward the 50s and 60s, they started wearing hats instead. They ditched the bonnets, but they would wear hats. So if you go back and you look at pictures of women in the 50s and 60s, most of them have hats or hair coverings. In the 70s, with the quote-unquote sexual revolution, you do realize where that came from, right? That was forced on us by Soviet operatives. The hippie movement was a was a, a attack on our culture, deliberate attack by secular humanists. We no longer shun people in our society. It's it's considered um, offensive or rude or ugly if we shun people. I can't shun somebody who thinks he's a, if he's a guy with a mental disorder, thinks he's a female, and he's running around telling me I got to call him she. No, I don't. And I can't shun that person. Society will jump all over me and cancel me. Society used to shun people. That was a that was a non-violent, non-destructive, non-punitive means of encouraging you to conform. You're offending the internet again. Yeah. We are not discerning anymore. We call it judgmental. So you got somebody who uh, he's into drugs and alcohol and he's fully tattooed and all this other good stuff. And I decide I just, eh, I'm a little worried about that person. Well, you're being so judgmental. You can't judge a book by a cover. No, I can't. But wisdom tells me that if you're into those things, you're usually also into other things that you're not supposed to be doing. And it is in my best interest to separate from you and the best interest of the society that I support. My family, my community, my village, my state. By not normalizing through my affiliation lawlessness and what does the scripture tell you don't be unequally yoked that includes not to be joined to a lawless person well that person can help me make a lot of money congratulations you just made a choice a poor one you shunned your responsibility to yourself to your family to your community to whatever other governments you're under and to god to make money or whatever else you've done. And it, when it becomes normalized, and this is the norm, and this is acceptable, on the bulk of society, your society is in full decay. Nobody pays the cost for their responsibilities anymore. We don't have to put you in jail, but we should be allowed to shun you. We should be allowed to treat you, to ostracize you. I should be allowed to decide who can and cannot do business with me. But the, the structure of our system says, I have to sell to you. I have to rent to you. Based on whatever terms the government says, I have to sell to this people based on skin color. I have to rent to those people based on skin color. And I can't discriminate according to religion. But it's okay if you're a white hater. I can discriminate against you. That's arbitrary. There's, there's no principle or ideal in an arbitrary decision degradation of society it has been intentionally attacked and it has been worked into our, the structure of our government and our society it's been worked into the fabric of who we are now pain is a good teacher you you need to make okay you've got folks who are able-bodied and they don't want to work so you put them on welfare and you make excuses for them you make them comfortable in their in their poverty well, Ben Franklin would say that's not how you help them. You make them as uncomfortable as possible in their poverty. Well, how have we made them comfortable? Used to be, excuse me, used to be, okay, you're, you're down on the luck. 
you need food. We gave you this funky little check, green check. You had to go to the had to go to the grocery store, and everybody saw you using it. And you could only buy certain things: milk, cheese, peanut butter, eggs, bread, whatever. It, it gave you the basics. It kept you alive. Now what we do is we give you an EBT card, and you can use it on anything, including strippers. I've made it comfortable for you to be a leech on society. Where is your sense of duty to the people paying for that welfare? We don't have that anymore. It's been eroded. You've been told by the powers that be that it's okay for you to do that. It's not your fault. They stole it from you. They deserve to pay you anyway. You've been turned into a victim, even though you're not getting off. I said able-bodied. You're not getting off your dead butt to go find a job. You'd rather, well, I can make more money doing this. See, you've made another decision. Money over virtue. And you want to know why your society is falling apart. And one of the things, too, is, you know, you, you say able-bodied, but, you know, even those that have different... Um, In our day and age, the definition of able-bodied is, I mean, if, if hawking can make a living... Right, exactly. I mean, regardless of what your physical or even mental limitations are, there is something you can contribute to society. It might be something really small, and you might think it insignificant, but there is something you can do well that segues right into the next one here we have to have concern and empathy for others as well not just a sense of duty it starts with self and family you have to have respect for yourself but then you have to take on the responsibility for your family so if you've got somebody who's disabled in your family well i don't want to have to be working to support them that's your family they're there to support you if anything ever happens to you that's your most immediate tribe and what do we do nowadays? We shun it. And we want to know why things are falling apart. Do we have empathy, empathy for the lonely? Do we? Do we visit shut-ins, old folks, people who don't have a lot of friends? Do we ever spend any time with those people? Well, no, because that takes, i got so many other things I need to do. No, you're making poor choices. Well, Joe, I can make money if I'm working here during that time. Why would I want to go visit the old lady next door? Poor choice, Joe. You put money over her and then you're going to be on TV agreeing. Yeah. Yeah. People are more important than money. Yeah. You talk the talk, but you don't walk the walk. Society degrades. You're not encouraging other people to keep the energy going into society to keep it coherent, keep it flowing, keep it working. It takes energy. It takes work. It takes dedication. It takes personal sacrifice. Not to the extent that you give up your liberty and your freedom, but you give up doing what you want to do to do what you need to do to keep the society working. Where's your concern for the sick? Oh, let the government pay for it. The government is still people. It's not some, you don't wave a wand, say, let the government do it. And then some sort of how magic fairy comes down and does it. It's still people. And the government does not earn a single thing. The government doesn't even print money anymore, folks. Money's printed by a private corporation. It's called the Fed. They've given their responsibility over to somebody else. It's all lawlessness. This is all lawlessness. This is all decay in our society. Y'all understand how fragile a society is? You think we're still in a functioning society. A lot of people do. Maybe not this class, but you're not in a functioning society anymore. This is a dysfunctional society. And our currency is fiat currency now. It's not mm -hmm. backed by anything. So just one little 
one little straw in that camel's back and we're done overnight. Mm -hmm. Now the sick. Okay. I can't afford to, you, you got something wrong. I can't afford to take you to the hospital and spend $150,000 on your running MRIs and all these tests. Nope. But let's say what I can do is get a, a doctor to visit you, some pain meds or whatever. I do what I can to help you. I do what I have the available or me and a couple of people get, you know, we contribute, we pitch in, we do what we can to help you. You know what our, you know what the person being treated in our society does now? Well, I should be able to get treatment just as good as the president. This wasn't good enough. They don't care. Dude, do that. Two, three, four people just put their money in here to do what they could for you. Where's the thank you? But Joe, I have the right to medical care. No, you don't. You have a right to try to acquire it legally, lawfully, without trampling on the will or the property of another. But you don't have the right to that because that's a claim on somebody else's labor and property. But that's not fair, That's Joe. slavery by another name. That's not fair. And you see, we've lost the ideas. We've lost the conceptions. We've lost the language. What about the poor? Do we help the poor? Well, I'm poor. Yeah, how much money do you make? Oh, I'm only making $37,000 a year. Congratulations, you're in the top 5% of the world. What? Yes, you are. But not in this country. Uh, well, see what happens when you globalize everything and you keep pushing community upwards until it's all a Tower of Babel again? Now, all of a sudden, you're rich, which justifies me taking 60% of everything you make because I got to give it to somebody in India, Ethiopia. It, it that's what secular humanism is that's what collectivism is it's a return to babel it's a it's structural transformation of the society that we were given by our founding fathers that dooms it to failure how about tragedy your neighbor's house burns down well i don't have any money joe have you gone over there to offer to help them clean up or to give them some clothes or food Maybe you have a spare chair. Have you helped done anything whatsoever to help them rebuild? I don't even know my neighbor. There's part of your problem. Yeah, I mean you. And I'm, I'm trust me, folks. I'm pointing at you. I see those three fingers pointing back at me. I'm well aware of them. I'm talking to the guy I see on my screen right here. Looks an awful lot like Joe Bakanovic. How about people who just need help? My neighbor has to move. Oh, crap, man. I don't want to go spend Saturday. I want to watch the game. I don't want to go help him move. Why? Why don't you want to help him move? Takes away from what I want to do. You just prioritized. Our social institutions, what are we doing with them? Are we still maintaining them? Do we guard them? Charlie likes to point this out. The scriptures don't tell you to keep the Torah. They tell you to guard it. There's a big difference between keeping and guarding. Guarding means to protect it, not just live it and follow it, but it means to protect it as well. Are, have we guarded our society? Have we guarded our churches? If you're in a church and all of a sudden you have a female pastor, get rid of her or leave the church. Joe, you're a sexist. No, I've read the rule book. Leadership is male. There's no priestess in Yahweh's kingdom, not one. If they're supporting abortion, if they support gay marriage, correct it first, if you can, because that's commanded. And if not, get the heck out of there. Schools. Do you go to your PTA meetings? 
Joe, I got so much else going on. My kids got little league. Well, then get them out of little league or here's a, a novel concept. You got two parents. You can be in two places at once. Yeah, but we both got to work. I wonder why that is. That was structured onto society as well. Thank you, Woodrow freaking Wilson. How about your extended family? Do you even keep up with them? Do you even know who they are? Just recently ran into that in my own family. My brothers is like, I, I, don't, I don't even know all my aunts and uncles and cousins. I don't blame him. They live all over the country. I know them. I don't keep up with them. We live very separated lives. You know what? I've thrown away an asset that might otherwise be available to me in the process of doing that. They might be able to help me where I don't have to go somewhere else. The family might be able to help itself. Family used to mean something in our world. How about your community? Do you go to your city council meetings? Well, why, man? They're all so corrupt. I can't do any. Why do you think they're corrupt? Because you didn't go to the city council meetings. You didn't make your voice heard. You didn't vote. What about the courts? When's the last time you just went and sat in on a court case to watch it? So that you know what's going on. No, don't do that either. How about media? All types of media. Well, I can't do much about that. You're watching it, aren't you? You're listening to it. You're consuming it. So you gave your consent to it. Government is not a social institution. Yeah, it is, Joe. It's the, No, 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 no. It isn't. Not in the sense I'm talking about now. Government is not a social institution for a free and self-governing people. This is one of the reasons they don't ever want the government to shut down. Because you might find out you don't need it. I'm not kidding. It's not a joke. You might actually find out you don't need it. Then why would I start them back up and let them collect 50, 60, 70, 80% of everything we all make every year? You know, taxes upon taxed money upon money that was already taxed for something I don't need. And that's why they try to scare you and say, oh, grandma's not going to get her social security check or or whatever and this and that and everything's going to fail. And that's an attack on society. Yes. If I'm trying to scare you to death to get you to do what I want you to do, that is an attack on the cohesion of society. It's lawlessness. Um, there was a process in this country as well. Here's something else that's... Um, People are not growing up as fast as they used to. Um, the greatest generation, they went through the, the, the depression. That was some tough people. And they needed to be because they were, God was working upstream. He knew they had to fight World War II. So they came back and they got busy remaking the country and the world. And eh, the baby boomers got a little spoiled. And they didn't really watch you know, they weren't watched as much as they should have. They got into this communism thing. And then they, they, they were a me generation like you wouldn't believe. And they led to my generation, Generation X. We, we pretty much weren't even, our parents didn't know what we were doing. We're feral. But now after us, 
Because what we did is we come up and we're like, well, we're not going to do that. We're not going to be the type of parents we had. And we helicopter parents and we start over compensating. So we raised the millennials who overcompensated and, you know, it gets worse and worse from there. And now we've got 37 year old children in the house that can't function. And yes, I am being critical and it is hitting close to home for certain people that listen to this show. I'm sorry, this is our society, but it's also us individually. And I will not pull a punch even when it hurts because it lands close to home for me as well. There used to be a pattern. You learned as you were growing up, you learned to trade, you, you learned a business, you learned something, a skill. Then you, this was the men. Women stayed at home and learned how to do what they were going to be doing, taking care of a house or raising children or whatever they were going to do in society. <laughs> yeah, but Joe, that's all, eh. that's natural law, natural rights. That's the way the world worked before we feminized it. And that's one of the, that was an attack on the very fundamental nature of the family unit by destroying the roles in society. If you think a woman can do anything a man can do, let me show you a few videos at hand-to-hand -hand combat training in the Marine Corps. And men, if you think you can do anything a woman can do, well, some of you transformers that have turned yourselves into women, let me see you have babies. No artificial intramitra. Oh, no, do it the old-fashioned way. Uh-huh. That ain't going to work, is it? We all have different roles. We all have different psychological makeups for a reason. So you used to learn a skill in a trade, then you went and you got established started a business, got into a trade, you had a house, and you got to where you had money, you didn't have debt, you were able to provide. Time to go find a wife. Used to be, you were in your late 20s or early to early 30s before this was happening. Well, you're not going to want a spinstress, so you're not looking for a 30-year-old woman. You'd go find somebody 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. Today we look at that, and we're like, oh, pedophile. And that was the norm not all that long ago. Less than 100 years ago, that was norm. Go look up how old Priscilla Presley was when she married Elvis. And nobody looked at that as though it was ugly. That didn't start the scandal. It was Elvis's behavior on the stage that was the scandal. It used to be that a man had to be established. Go look in the scriptures. Sometimes it's an older woman marrying a younger man. It was about duty in the role in society, not about how you felt. It was about what you needed to survive. It was about making sure the system worked. Then after you got married, you had kids. It's what you owed society. You have to replace yourself. And after your kids are grown or while they're growing, you get about the your business and your community. We've broken that cycle down. We have been under attack since the hippie, or well, actually since the baby boomers especially the hippie movement, we have broken that cycle down. Now we have the virtual world. It's fake. The virtual world is not real. It's also autonomous. Anonymous, rather, excuse me. Um, you know, Nobody knows who you are. There's no responsibility. There's no accountability. You do what you want. That just begs for lawlessness. Social media is the same way. Is our society structured around this virtual world? Yeah, it is. Just happened by accident, right? Just total accident, right? 
It, it might be comforting to think that way, but didn't happen by accident. So think about how it's all been restructured. Women's lib. Got to have women voting. Got to have... <laughs> There's a reason. There's a reason that the founding fathers didn't have women voting. And I know this is going to be very unpopular. But on the whole, in generalities, men tend to think logically. Women tend to think emotionally. One of those isn't too good when voting for the outcome of a society. This is why we're supposed to be married, paired, so that we balance and help each other. As soon as we split up and we become demasculatized men and women trying to become men who are still emotionally governed and the demasculines throw their logic to the wind and become the stereotype of the typical hysteria, hysterical homosexual male, or an effeminate male who's easily run over by a masculine female. You've eroded the walls and the borders in the, in the foundations of a properly functioning natural order of things. You've dissolved, you've shaken all of the found of foundations of the world. And you wonder why you wonder why men don't stay home and raise their children. You gave them an excuse not to. You wonder why women don't want to have children. You gave them an excuse not to. Now you're into this culture where everybody's online with pornography. And we've got the hookup culture. And you got a woman who's finally settled down. She's 26 years old. She finally wants to get married and raise a family. She's got a body count of 50. And she wants to know why no man worth marrying wants anything to do with her. I wonder why. But she shouldn't be... A, you shouldn't judge me for that or hold me accountable for it. Says who? Well, says everybody in the media. Ah. See any of the problems yet? You think that was accidental, coincidental? It's just one series of coincidences after another that all points in the same direction toward the same destination continuously year after year after year after decade after decade. We come back. Let me show you some of the ways that we've been restructured intentionally. One progressive step at a time. See you in six minutes.
All right, folks, we're back. Time to get going again. Uh, real quick, you know, this 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 way that the society is supposed to work, it, it, if we tried to abide by it within our own communities, we'd be surprised. You worry less about yourself, more about doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, less about what you want. You worry more about doing your jobs, the many levels, and about worrying about other people and caring for them as best you can at every given moment. Yeah, you'll be worn out at the end of every night. You know what? That'll keep you out of trouble. You, you don't have as much free time and energy to go do things you shouldn't be doing. But you know what else it does? If all of us did that, if everybody in your community did that, you'd end up with fewer problems. And what you'd find is after a while, you had a lot more free time than you ever have had before because there wouldn't be as much stuff to have to get done. Well, Joe, you don't know. Yes, I do. I've actually lived in these type of communities before. Have you been in a show where I told you that the happiest time, one of, one of the most happy times in my entire life, I lived in a hole in the ground around 186 other guys. And we marked time by what meal we had eaten for two weeks, did nothing, just sat out there in the desert waiting for a desert storm to start. Lived in a hole, didn't own anything that I couldn't carry on my body. And it was actually kind of fun. Got to know each other really well. Depended on each other, took care of each other, looked after each other. And there weren't a whole lot of problems. Everybody did their job. And things kind of ran smooth because there was nobody else bothering us. We didn't have anybody up top telling us, you know, coming up with new ideas for us to do. We didn't have anybody below us. It was just us, just our little community out in the middle of nowhere. So I know that it can work. I've, I've seen sociology experiments. I shared that one with you where they took people from all different walks of society and put them in a camp up in, uh, I think it was Wisconsin. Two weeks, no electronics. When it was all said and done, the people didn't want to leave. They'd all gotten to know each other. They were getting along. I mean, different income levels, different positions in society, different religions, different political backgrounds. It was just Americana. As soon as the meddling is gone, we go back to our natural way of being, which is one of the reasons you know that this is artificial. It's being done on purpose. So has the Western world been intentionally restructured in a way that will ensure its collapse, that will make sure it collapses? First things first, instead of saying, oh, it's all conspiratorial, let me ask you something. Don't go looking for signs of the attack. Do something indifferent. If I wanted to destroy the Western world, how would I do it? Well, I'd probably go after the family, religion, and patriot. Oh, wait a minute. I'm quoting somebody, aren't I? Yeah, the Russians. It, well, then, okay. Let's suppose that there maybe is, there's something out there that's attacking the Western world. The Western world is based on the Judeo-Christian ethic of the free, self-governing individual governed according to the principles of the scriptures. All right. Do we have any examples of a, an influence of some sort, an ideology or something inside the Western world at any point in history that was opposed to that ideal? Do we have a movement in the West rises up at any point in time that opposes the idea of the individual and individual rights and liberty and individual self-governing. And do we, do we see anything where it states its purpose to overthrow that, that ideal or any commonality about how it works? Now I look out over history and I say, Oh yeah, I got a big one. 
Wormwood. What? Yeah, we'll get to that another day. Secular humanism in all its many forms. Communism, socialism, progressivism, whatever you want to call it. And that, its attack on the United States, well, its attack on the West started in France. Well, Germany, then France, then back to Germany. But, you know, it started there. That's that's where it first felt, the French Revolution. You know, human rights as opposed to natural rights. Man-made laws against a God's law. And how well did that go? Well, it destroyed France first, which is why France couldn't hold up to Germany when Germany invaded in World War II. By that time, they were a morally gutted country. And now, secular humanism opened the door in Europe to Islam. So they kicked all the Christianity out of there. They opened the door to Islam. And now, true to form, first country that fell of the, of the Christian countries in Europe was France. Who's the first country falling to Islam right now? France. France is your canary in the coal mine, folks. JMW uh, on the board says, supporter Paul Harvey, if I were the devil. Yes, there you go. There you go. So now that we have the door kicked open, let's see. How has um, primarily secular humanism, how has it tried to change the structure of our country and and, and put a new structure in its place that would guarantee um that the nation would fail. Well, first things first, they separated the declaration and the constitution. And when they did that, they kicked the church and state apart from each other. So they separated church and state. Then they ushered in the woman's movement. So they destroyed the family. And then they started talking about global community. And in the process, they destroyed patriotism. Y'all do realize those are the three key hallmarks of communism, right? Y'all do realize that that's exactly what Woodrow Wilson said progressive meant. It was the American word for an American form of communism. His words, not mine. We've read them here on this on the show before. So the secular humanists in this country have undermined religion. They replaced it with the science and government and nothing but self. Self, self, self. Okay, that was deliberate, and that was structural. They changed the very nature. And not, not only did they ch- separate the Declaration, which is the compass, from the Constitution, which is just the rudder that tells you how to get to where the compass tells you to go, but they also changed the way the rudder works. So now if you point it to go you know, to the right so that the ship will turn left, now it actually turns right, or maybe it does a dipsy-doodle and zigzags. And, and by that, I mean they've destroyed our language. So you, you, we can't even communicate. We're, we're in Babel while we're trying to build the tower. There has been an attack on the, on the self, on the individual, uh, Ray 13T. We must protect our democracy. Right, and democracy is just another form of, of the Tower of Babel. It's, it's centralization. It makes many act as one. The will of the, of the mob, which is the mob is always lawless. So the attack on the individual, this is, this is where it starts. Um, with the hippies, the, the we, me generation and the you generation and all that stuff. But it focuses on what do you want? What about you? What about meism? You know, get mine, let them get theirs. And the progressives even talk. They, they start this. They initiate this thinking. And then they turn around and they attack other people trying to defend individual rights and liberties as being part of the me generation. This is, this is a perfect example of what I call the 180-degree rule. They accuse 
their ideological opponents of doing exactly what they do. So I initiate the hippie movement, you know, tune in, turn on and tune out, dude. Free love, man. Yeah, peace out. Give me some drugs. Do whatever, you know. And then they get into the hookup culture and they get into the 80s and the 90s where everybody you know, just lives on your own, feral kids. And the 90s, everybody just get, get the money while you can, you know, fleece the country, all of this stuff. And now the progressives are like, well, if you're worried about your individual rights, you just care about yourself. You don't care about everybody else. It takes a village. Now they start sounding like I did the first hour. The problem is the motivation is different. They're disingenuous liars. They started it so that they could turn around and use it as a, as a bat to beat over the head of the ones who haven't capitulated yet. Were you in on the class on Sololinsky? Do you remember that that's exactly what he taught them to do? And he learned it from Machiavelli. Machiavelli learned it from Satan. So, yeah, that's structural in the way our society thinks. What else have we got? We've got an attack on the family. Um, I guarantee you folks, it's progressives that come up with the idea that women and men are equal in all ways, not just equal in under the law or equal under God, but equal as in physically equal. Well, I've met very few women that can beat the average, you know, average female. If I one, two, three, four, fifth female on the street, one, two, three, four, fifth male on the street, let's have an arm wrestling match. You're not equal. The, the female is already at a disadvantage because her the bone structure of her arm is made to cradle a kid, not as a lever or fulcrum. Yeah, and you got these transgender problems in sports, but yes, it's always a transgender male competing in women's sports. Have you ever seen a case of a transgender female? Transgender, no. We had one female tried to. In, yeah, in we had one that tried sport. to play in football, and it didn't work well. She didn't play anymore. She got a boo-boo. So, oh, I know. There's one video out there of where she sacks the quarterback, but if you ever go back and watch that play, the right tackle ignores her. I'm pretty sure he was told to. She sacks the quarterback, and then she doesn't come back in again. It, Joe, are you saying football's rigged? You've been watching the NFL lately. Okay, enough said. Or college. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they attack the family. They go after what is a male and isn't, a, uh, you know, isn't, isn't the male's role. What isn't, isn't the female's role. What it is and isn't to be male and female. Then they go after parental rights. Well, the state has control of your children, not you. That's, that's, uh, we froze. <laughs> this is predictable. Not only are we freezing today, folks, we are freezing exactly when I'm hitting on one of the areas that the enemy is most effective in. He doesn't want this out today. They're hitting on parental rights and they're restructuring our schools and our laws so that the state owns your children more than you do. Then what do they do? Then they go after the family by keeping you busy. Mom and dad always have to work, always have to do, it distracts you so that they don't have time for the children. So if you don't have time for your children, what do you got to do? You got to put them in daycare. So I got to work even more. So there's more distractions, so more daycare. So I get rich abducting your children. Scope up, froze again. <laughs> I'm loving this. Got to extend school hours. That's why kindergarten started, folks. Kindergarten was started by John freaking Dewey so that they could get your kids earlier because he agreed with Lenin. Boy, we are freezing big time today. We are really freezing up. If I can get your kids earlier, 
from the ages of four to eight, I'll own them forever. That's what Lenin said. That's why Dewey gave you kindergarten. Now we have pre-K. It was sold to you as cheap daycare. That's not what they want. They want your children. It's a form of abduction. And then the media, for those children who might have still been good little preacher's daughters, the media erodes their moral defenses until eventually they wear down and, okay, boyfriend, just a little bit, right? The next thing you know, preacher's daughter's pregnant. This is all intentional. This all undermines the order, the fabric of society, the, the, the structure, structurally. We don't censor what goes on the TV and the radio anymore, all under the guise of free speech. It used to be we censored that type of stuff all the time. This was why, how many of y'all are even aware of the controversy about um, Elvis Presley shaking his hips on the TV? Oh, boy. If we saw that today, the kids of our time, 20s, 30s, they would like, what's the problem? I mean, they're used to twerking, right? That was a big deal. And they didn't, they purposely made it so that the camera wouldn't show Elvis Presley below his waist. They censored TV. They didn't censor TV to keep you from exposing the government. They censored it to protect the structures of society. Well, folks, even back then, TV was in the control of the people who wanted to change the structures of society. So why didn't they just let it happen? It's what they wanted. Because you and I, mom and dad, would have turned that TV off and they'd have lost their business. They had to do this progressively, incrementally, slowly over time. They had to boil the frog. This has been intentional, folks. They had to attack community. Again, distract you from self and work so that you don't have time for local business uh, meetings and the PTA and et cetera, et cetera. They had to disrupt the church. They've gotten inside the church. They've messed with the church and they've threatened the church with, well, you'll lose your tax exempt rate. And they've compromised the church. We even had Obama, I think it was, telling the church that you had to submit your, um, or was it Biden, had to submit your, I think it was Biden maybe, you had to submit your sermons for government approval before you could preach them. That wasn't too long ago, folks. We balkanized within the communities according to ethnicity, according to religions, according to education level, according to income, according to language. We don't melt. There's no melting pot. This is all structural. You want to see one of the ways the government passes a law? Well, I got to, I got to teach in English and Spanish. That's balkanization. That's division. I pass a law where I got to post uh, road signs or whatever, you know, public notice signs have got to be in two different languages. That's balkanization. That's structural. We're freezing again. I'll let the TV catch back up, the monitor catch back up. We're freezing. It's structural. This is intentional. It's been done. And by structural, I mean it is built into the system to force division and disillusion of society. And then what we've done, instead of you focusing on your community, we push you all the time to think about D.C. You're not told to think about your local city government or your county government or your state government. You're told all the time, D.C., 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 Look at the Tower of Babel we're building. Look at the Tower of Babel. And, and now that we've all focused on D.C. for a decade or two, now they're starting to look at the world government, look at the U.N., look at the world government, because now they want to push you globally. Why? Well, once you're global, now you don't even have a community as a nation. 
I've destroyed the community of the family, the community of the extended family, of the city, of the region, of the state, of the nation. Now we are literally just one global people. And now it's easy to get rid of nine and a half billion or eight and a half billion people because they don't mean anything. Since we're just humanity now, we're all ants. If I get rid of 90% of the anthill, I still have an anthill. And I can even say, look, it's healthier now. And that's how they think. It's all about justifying this stuff to themselves. And it's all about destroying the society in the process. They divide by, I've already covered how they divide us. And then you got warfare. Where do you see warfare? Open borders against the rule of law. You got a warfare against the freedom of speech. You got a warfare against the right to work for yourself. It's called licenses, it's taxations, and you got to have permission, even if you do have the money for the fee. You got a war against your ability to feed yourself off the land. You got to have a license to buy a fishing, you know, fishing or hunting. And then you got to do it in sea. That's not the way natural law works. Natural law says that if I need to eat, I go out and get what I need to eat. We can't do any of this anymore. It's all part of the structure. It's built into our system. It didn't used to be that way. And then what else What else has been destroyed structurally? Our government has been changed, thanks to the progressives. The media got changed. It got taken over. This, And it changed in the way it was doing, thanks to the government rulings of what is and isn't allowed. The schools were changed. Thank you, John freaking Dewey and Woodrow freaking Wilson. The government allowed those schools to change. I mean, you can be anti-Semite now, and you can have billions of dollars in your endowment, but lo and behold, if you turn against Islam, oh, they'll shut you down over that one. The businesses and the economy has changed. It's all about centralized corporations. The government allows this company to buy that company to buy this company and that company, and the holding company buys up four or five of them. And the next thing you know, there's five or six. BlackRock owns everything. Oh, wow. Totally against what the founding fathers would have allowed. And it destroys mom and pop stores in the process, destroys community, destroys family. Na national policies have changed. This is one of the biggest places you see it. Um, Biden is all about war. Obama was all about war. Military everywhere. Bush was against war. I mean, not against, but he was for war. He got us into all different types of wars. He got us into Iraq and Afghanistan and all that stuff. Uh, Clinton before him was in favor of war. Everybody, even Reagan. You know, I've, in my lifetime, I can only think of one president. We froze again. I can only think of one president that didn't get us into a bunch of wars that brought us home. Trump. Well, he's just a nationalist. There's nothing wrong with that. I wish, we'll talk about this Monday. We're, we're going to have a, a Donald Trump day Monday with the headlines. If I could trust him, he might be the leader that I've been looking for. If I could trust him. I don't. He's given me too many reasons not to trust him. What we need is a trustworthy person person that's saying and doing the things donald's been doing if he were grounded he would be excellent oh they'd have killed him by now but yeah so even the people have been corrupted open borders is corrupting the people that's structural don't close the borders just let anybody in that's structural it's an attack on our society and all of these institutions have been changed structurally to support the continued attack on our culture on our society.
So my question goes back to beginning of the show. Has there been a deliberate restructuring of our culture of the Western world to ensure that it collapses? Easy. Can I see where the government and the institutions around it, the church, the family, the state, all of these things, can I see where any and all of that has been structurally changed? The laws have been changed. The way things work have been changed. All of this has been changed. Media has been altered intentionally through law or whatever else. Can I see a pattern there that that the net result was a destruction of the society that preceded it? Yes, I can. I see it in Europe. The bellwether is France. France has preceded Europe. Europe has preceded the United States. So when people ask me, well, how do you know what's going to happen to us? I've watched France. I've watched Europe. And who is it that's always been, we got to be more like Europe? The American left, right? Who do you think their spiritual father is? Now there's a story I read just today. There are Canadian people saying Justin Trudeau has destroyed Canada by allowing all these open immigration. There's only one Western world. They've done it to Australia and New Zealand as well. There's only one Western society still left standing without being invaded or at least toppled. And we're not, we're not far away. We're down on our knees and we're not going to get back up without you're going to need, you're going to need something along the lines of a great awakening. And if we're where I think we are in the prophetic timeline, that ain't coming. The restrainer's been removed. Aaron Spike says, isn't there a leader in the Bible that Trump parallels? How many of them? Are you talking about the spirit of Antichrist? Because if you're talking about a military leader that comes against Israel in the end times, yeah, but that's not going to be Trump. It's going to be a Muslim leader because every one of the nations and peoples that that guy leads are Islamic and Trump is not a Muslim. Look elsewhere. Maybe Obama. But more than likely somebody coming out of Turkey. Why do I say that? Because Turkey is the seat of Antioch and Antioch is the seat of Satan. So look to Aragal or Aragon or whatever the heck his name is. Maybe him. Incidentally, uh, Iran and Turkey are starting to talk to each other about eradicating Israel. That story was in the news today too on MSN. I'll bring that all to you Monday. I'm seeing more signs of affirmation of everything I've ever told you on this show or on Steve's show, the radio show, or anytime you've ever heard me talk or write publicly or blog for the last 20 something years, I've been on this theme for a long time. And it's not that I'm seeing affirmation because I want it to be there. I'm now seeing it because it's there pretty much in general. It's they're serving ice cream. I may not have the exact flavor of chocolate, but they're even serving chocolate ice cream. I was that close. Instead of chocolate, it was double Dutch chocolate or whatever. But I was close. I've seen this coming. Why? I read history. I've understood it. I studied human nature. It's Rocky Road. Okay, it's Rocky Road. It's got some chunks in it too, huh? Rocky Road. (laughs) I got it. I got it. 
kick the marshmallows out. I don't like them. <sighs> All right. Anyway, um, anything else you want to add to this one, Charlie? Uh, not really. Let's see here. Aaron does have something here. Let's I've given you a good week, haven't I? Oh gosh, yeah. I'll have to look into that, uh, Aaron. Send me a message privately, and let me see if I can catch on to where we're at. Yeah, why do the nations rage? Yeah. Where's the focus going at right now? It's on Israel, right? It's moving from here to Israel. It's here and Israel. That's where the world's focus is. Well, no, it's on China. Eh. If it was on China, we might be able to stop those people before it's too late. You've got all the rumblings of a nuclear war coming. It's not like the Bible says that the world will be destroyed by fire in the end times. I mean, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it does. Well, okay. Well, never mind. That's for an apocalyptic day, and we don't have apocalypse days. None of the days are named with A. <laughs> we could do a freaky Friday. <laughs> um, anyhow, I'm, I'm about talked out for today, man. Any questions on the board? Anybody missing anything? Does... I mean, I've been happy, happy, joy, joy. Oh, yeah. You've had Debbie Downer this week, week. I know. Yes. Um, it's all lawlessness. It's all chaos. And it's all being done by people who think they're gods. I keep bringing you their own words. They're either saying that they're gods or saying things in effect that can only be done by a god. So, you know, one of these days we are going to have to do what um, – water jug wants us to do and talk about the AI in, in unifying, you know, trying to make upload man's conscience into a computer. That's not going to work folks. It, it's man has no <clears throat> man has never understood where and never been able to locate where your memories work. Nobody knows where memory is stored. And that's because your memory is actually stored in the cloud. Yeah. Literally, literally it, it's not stored in your body. It isn't. Well, how do you know that, Joe? You lose, you never grow new brain cells. You lose them over time. Well, if, if your memory was in your brain, you'd be losing memories. Well, yeah, we forget. No, you don't. Get Alzheimer's. When you get older, you can remember all that stuff when you were young. You can't remember what happened yesterday. The memories are still there. Then they found out, oh, memory might be stored in the spinal fluid. Well, I can, I can drain your spinal fluid. You get more. It's been totally replaced. How did that memory? Oh, it's stored in the cells. Maybe. They found memory in heart cells. So exactly where's your memory stored? Oh, the heart, spinal fluid, brain. Yeah, probably my big toe too, right? In other words, you don't. they've never been able to create a memory. They've got guys who have tried. That's because, it, and here's the point. If you don't know where your memory is stored in the body, how are you going to upload it into a computer? But don't worry. There's nothing man can't do or control. Uh-huh. You keep telling yourself that, oh, wackadoodles. All right, I'm about done for the day. I got a day off. Somebody else has to do the Sabbath study tomorrow. <laughs> but he had a warm-up this week already. Yeah, so yeah. Thank, I never thanks, get, thanks I, class. I, I never get one that. of those. Nobody ever lets me practice. And I ended up having to update my presentation again yet because I got some more information and had had some stuff. Luckily, I had nothing to do with that. No, no, you didn't have anything to do with that. But uh. <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to wrap this one up for today. Um, I know it's been a couple of short days this week, but hey, I went as slow as I could on this one today. And I hopefully explained everything as we went through it. And hopefully it'll help you. 
If you like what we're doing, remember the thumbs up buttons. Tell Charlie you appreciate his work today. That's that's how you talk to us. If you're not going to comment, you need to at least hit that thank you button. Um, if you do like what we're doing, please share the show. This was a very good day uh, to share because there's a lot of things I kept reminding you of if you weren't here for this show, if you weren't here for that show. We build on everything. You got to be here to see these little lessons or you got to go back and download them and watch or listen to them so that you can catch up on what we've taught you. I, I, I'm going to start probably early, soon, real soon, maybe after next week. I want to start with some review in certain areas. Well, I know we need to do that, but we can't afford to do that all the time. That, that'll that eat up the topic of today. So if you share the show, share the link directly, ask people to please give it time, warn them about me in whichever way form you want to. Tell them to concentrate on the, the ideas and the concepts, what it is we're trying to learn. Tell them to give the show time. Um, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, too much information, you know, too long, didn't watch, makes my head hurt. Oh, well, now you know somebody, you know, if that happens, dust off your feet and keep on moving. You got a brain dead zombie on your hands. I, I know you might love them, but, you know, keep on moving. Find the next one. Um, Y'all take care of yourselves. Y'all stay safe. We love you. We do. It's a labor of love. We're trying to help folks as best we can. We will never tell you what to think. We try to share how to think, right reasoning as the Greeks would call it, and help you learn how to be better discerning and then leave it to you to figure things out on your own. Even when you end up disagreeing with us, all we want you to do is tell us why so that maybe we can learn from you because we don't think we have all the answers here. We're not know-it-alls and we know that. So just two guys and an AI trying to be a light in this ever darkening world. So until Monday, unless of course you're joining us tomorrow for Sabbath study, which you can find at uh, the congregation of Yahweh in Panama city, Florida until then y'all be safe. Take care. Stay. See you tomorrow. Uh, Monday. Bye-bye.